0: Welcome to Beauty and the Mess, redefining what it means to have it all and how to find fulfillment in life. And now your host, transformational life coach and creator of the active word line, Beauty and the Mess, Robin Emmerich.
1: Welcome to Beauty and the Mess. We have Eric King here, former pro athlete and wellness coach. Thank you for being here.
0: Yes. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me today. I really appreciate it. And uh I uh, look forward to our conversation today.
1: Yes, yeah. so I've been following you for quite a while on social media and haven't really gotten to know the whole story of how you got to where you're at with becoming a wellness and habit coach. Can you kind of take us on that journey of how you got to to here?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for me, it, it started a long time ago. I used to play college and professional sports. So I feel like my entire life, I've been around like that type of atmosphere, those type of people, that type of environment, where you're just, um, you know, you're spending a lot of time competing at a high level and mostly in team environments. So I spent, uh, you know, my early 20s playing collegiately, and then I played professional for uh, three years with the Houston Astros organization. And uh, from that point on, actually the transition from playing professional sports into, I guess, reality was so (laughs) difficult because it's Well, it's like I teach to my clients about habits. You have this habit most of your life to do one thing and that was for me to play sports. So once that finished for me and I had to figure out another path, it did take me some time to really focus on myself and, okay. and really I think center and ground myself and figure out you know what my purpose is and what my passion is and where I wanna go with this because all I knew was one thing for most of my life. So- oh, Wow yeah so what i did is um, i spent about a year just kind of figuring things out and just wanting to see what it is that i might want to uh, pursue maybe it was like entrepreneurship um, business i did some it consulting for a while and it just things just kept coming back to the health and wellness and doing something related to sports and so i got back into that i started coaching and doing some uh, one-on-one coaching for a while with my clients but over the past five years it progressed more into the personal growth and and self-development type of coaching where mindset and our body and our heart and our soul are such a big part of what it is that we do in life and oftentimes it's really challenging for people to combine mind body heart and soul into you know one area i call it like the core four pillars of life but I got really deep into personal development and working on myself, so I took my passion for sports and I took my uh, passion for health and wellness and that's what I've been doing the past five years is just working with people on improving uh, their mind and body and also heart and soul through uh, my coaching programs.
1: I love that, so what was it like for you that year where you were going from everything that you knew into finding what you wanted to do? emotionally, spiritually, how was that experience for you?
0: Yeah, it was a challenge because I think at first, so many of us I feel like struggle with having awareness or living like in the present moment or you know being conscious versus living in the subconscious. Um, and for me, I didn't know all those things. So I just lived my life just like, almost like the day is gonna take hold of you and you're just gonna see what happens and I didn't have the control. So it really took my own self-education and my own self-learning and connecting with the right type of people and some people in personal development and some of my uh, ex-teammates and other athletes to really start focusing more on the inner work to be able to get to that level that I wanted to be at. And I think so many people would love to have more awareness Mm -hmm. and, and live a life filled with more meaning and purpose. Uh, But I think oftentimes they just don't know where to start and that was the biggest part for me is just finding that within myself and developing a love for learning, but also developing a love to Want to help myself and improve myself
1: and was there like a specific moment or experience that you? Realized you didn't have that awareness that kind of woke you up or did somebody like say something that intrigued you? Like how did that start to unravel for you?
0: yeah it's so it started um really like in an indirect way i was online uh, maybe like six years ago and i forgot who it was but i just started getting like sucked into this podcast or maybe it was like a webinar where they were talking about like your mindset limiting beliefs uh you know worldviews your paradigm and how you how you perceive the world and so much of what they were talking about was exactly my challenge is that i had a very limited Belief based on my own life experiences, growing up, and what people have told me, and who I've, you know, my environment, who I surrounded myself with. So that was one of the first like wake up calls for me to really, I guess, reevaluate and reconsider like what it is that I believe and what uh, how I perceive things in life. And it really took me, um, you know, about six months to a year of just focusing on on that to really reprogram and rewire. Uh, my thoughts and my habits and my patterns and my beliefs okay. to uh, implement new ones that were more I, you know, valuable and more rewarding for me and uh, more in alignment with who it is that I wanted to be and where I wanted to go.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. So when you're working with people how do you tune in to where their awareness levels are at?
0: Yeah, so oftentimes, um, on like one of the first calls that I have with them we'll go through like a self-audit assessment where I just ask like a number of questions and it's almost like a scorecard that they have to kind of go through and evaluate different things in their lives or very simple things like, how do you view this or what do you think about this? And just even like a short high level answer will help me kind of understand a little bit more because I think a lot of people one of their biggest challenge is uh, the scarcity mindset um, mm-hmm. with, with anything, you know, whether it's uh, the t- type of job they want, the type of relationship, like there's no relationship out there for me, or there's no, I can't have that job or get that promotion, or I'm never gonna make that much money. And I think that's oftentimes one of the biggest factors that I see in people is going into the coaching focusing on um, a scarcity mindset or a belief that you know everything is fine how it is like i really don't need or deserve more than what i have and that's a big that's a big hurdle to overcome if you spent a lot of your life going through um, people telling you that maybe it's friends and family or maybe it's mm-hmm. people you work with and uh unfortunately oftentimes the people that are close to you growing up uh, seem to have The least amount of positive impact sometimes when it comes to life experiences where they are telling you and giving you advice based on their own experiences in their life right so i think that's uh, that and that's another you know wake up for people it's just understanding that the people closest to you they love you and they want the best and really the advice they're giving is only based off of their perception and their experiences right
1: right i love that you're sharing all that um being that you work with athletes because really at the end of the day i think there's a perception out there that depending on what people do or don't do they are going through different struggles when really so many of us are going through the same things oh (laughs) right (laughs) totally
0: totally yeah the nerves yeah nerves it's like we really do and i think that's what is um i think that's where social media and being out in public really can give you a different perception and i think that's a big part of why people feel like they're they don't feel as valuable or as worthy is simply by being on social media and seeing what everybody else is the doing
1: comparison right
0: yeah and it's and again it's a perception but for a lot of people that don't know how to overcome that they see these people that are showing you know the greatest life ever and the greatest family and the greatest jobs and traveling all over the world And then they go back into that self-sabotage, limiting belief, scarcity pattern where they think they could never have that. So social media, um, I have a lot to say about that, but social media can be a huge (laughs) distraction for people and set people back.
1: Yeah, yeah, it can can be. And like you said, listening to the people around you, if people haven't done their own inner work, they don't know, and it's not coming from a, a place of ill intention, it's just that they don't know how to inspire and encourage people to find their own answers. So a lot of people can can listen to what everyone else around them is saying and they're constantly being driven down a different path and, than they're really meant to be on.
0: Right, yeah, and that's that's the hardest part is getting to a point where you can have that awareness or consciousness to understand that you can change your path and you can take a different Mm -hmm. approach and you can, you know, restructure or reframe or reprogram, you know, your life and the path that you're on. But it does take some of that, maybe an aha moment inner work, connecting with the right people, Mm -hmm. because to your point, and there's, there's no one at fault, but society has just been developed that way where we as human beings come onto this earth. We all think a lot of the same things about, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, and you you know, you know go to college, and then you get good grades there, then you get a great job, and then you get married, <laughs> you have kids, it's all the same. Yeah. And, and everyone <laughs> thinks that. Everyone thinks that's, I'm not saying that's not the path, but so many people just follow that path, and they think that is um, really the end all be all. Right. And there's so much that you can miss out on through your life if you don't take time to really have awareness in those moments yeah. Um, to do other things
1: yeah yeah I remember that clearly you know I was doing everything I thought I should do and you know I graduated college worked my way up the corporate ladder and, and then I was like wait a minute <laughs> what, <laughs> what did I work so hard for right right because <laughs> is <this> it
0: <laughs> it's like it's, all, it's like well, it's all we're told it, it
1: is yeah and it was just this wake-up call of you know there's gotta be something more yeah and I had no idea what that was. And that started my spiritual journey of discovering who I was and what my purpose was. And, you know, I had a desire to help people and, and I was in, in the in healthcare staffing, but it wasn't what I knew I could do. Right. And so I see a lot of people having that same feeling, but like you said, not having the awareness of, okay, I, I know there's something more, but, but what does that mean? right right Right. is there a difference between like the men and the women that you work with and what you discover their journeys to overcoming their patterns are
0: yeah that's so that's a great question and over the last like few years i've realized that i work more so with women than men and no offense men watching (laughs) (laughs) but because i would enjoy to work with men as well but um but The women, I just feel like there is a little bit more consciousness or awareness or I think less ego involved in a woman wanting to really understand themselves better, really reconnect with themselves and um, to really, I think, live with more purpose. And Not that men don't want to, but oftentimes men, and I'm guilty just like any other man the ego versus the conscious is very it's it's very powerful
1: so you're you see that difference and yes so
0: yeah because if you're if you're like in a conscious state then you're living really in the moment but you're also enjoying that moment and you're able to um, validate like where you're at and where you're going, like on your path, like I'm making progress, you're telling yourself, I'm doing well, I'm doing the right things. But then the ego is like instant gratification and wants things now and it's like, this is, you need to be doing this and that's where like stress, anxiety, and overwhelm come from because your ego is putting so much pressure on you. And oftentimes the ego just, you know, tells you that we already got this figured out. We don't need help from anybody, we don't need anything else. Yeah. You're on the right path. And really, that just creates more anxiousness and anxiety and stress for people. So, I think it's more than anything men becoming more open and vulnerable mm-hmm. to be able to um, accept that. And I think I grew up uh, for like the first eight years of my life with just my mom. So, I feel like I have a masculine side, but, uh, side, but I also have a close, you know, feminine connection to my mom and have that sensitivity level. So I think for me, it's been easier for me to let go of the ego and be more vulnerable and be more open because of that relationship that I had growing up with her.
1: So does that inspire you to want to help more men with that?
0: Yeah, well, it does. And it's also still a surprise because I'm thinking I used to play sports and, you know, we're working on mindset and creating new habits to really improve, you know, energy, focus, productivity Mm -hmm. and purpose for people. But. Um, but it does inspire me. But at the same time, it still uh, continues to be mostly women that yeah. that I work with and that uh, who come to me with just questions or even just connecting um, and wanting to engage and to build relationships um, in the personal development space or like the mind and body space. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just in yeah, maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm just in the woman's space right now. Maybe that's ultimately where I I, I was meant to be. But. Um, But I enjoy working with both because men and women, um, although they can be similar, are very different as Mm -hmm. well. So I like working with different types of personalities, different dynamics, feminine, masculine. We both carry both feminine and masculine, Mm -hmm. but sometimes with men, it's uh, the masculinity is what keeps them from, and I'm guilty too, from really, you know, letting the ego kind of go and living in your conscious. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the last two, three years I've, been focused on primarily working with women however the past seven years before that I was half literally working with half females half men and speaking of the masculine femininity it's very interesting because when I was working with women they were often in their masculinity and I was helping them to become more aware of their femininity and with men they were Probably almost somewhat more feminine, yet um, allowing their masculinity to overpower that, where it was, you know, out, out of balance, and and almost with having the permission to allow some of that femininity to to rise up, it brought them more into balance.
0: Right. Does that right. make sense? It does make because sense. Yes. I,
1: I do believe that we're in a place in our world now where we are evolving to just bring more like heart into the world
0: right right
1: and and so like when you say that about about your mom and about working with women it's really beautiful that you're able to help no matter who it is male or female see that I don't know my intuition is like for 2020 it's going to be like
0: Intuition is like my favorite word. I mean, no, I'm serious. It is. It is totally. I'm introverted, I, and I've done like the Myers-Briggs uh, test, and I'm, I'm introverted, and intuition is my. It's intuition, perception, and feeling. I think are mine, or I'm like a. I'm like an INFP or something. Yeah, that's it. But I'm totally introverted in and it. intuition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I I think that it's like really going to become more prevalent, like the awareness around it. Right. Um. Because it's time.
0: Well, I think too, like with men, are we just going just...
1: Yeah, Okay. just go.
0: Okay. Uh, I think with men too, like it's going back to like the ego or what you're supposed to be. I've, I've, you know, I've worked with people in the past, well, men in particular, where they're one way in their work life, where they're super Mm -hmm. successful and super driven. It's the masculinity, it's the provider, but then they come home and they don't feel like they're connected to their spouse or their children. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're just totally two different states. Like they feel great and confident in one and connected in one and then the other one they don't and I think that also comes back to not just consciousness and awareness but also to your point really connecting more with the feminine side a little bit to have that that connection at home and sometimes they don't know how to express it because they've been just you know so far on the other side of the scale for so long where work becomes like this love and this life and then other things unfortunately Um, And that happens a lot unfortunately Mm -hmm. where people can't they have trouble balancing the relationships that they have and their profession
1: So is that kind of where for men a lot of that compartmentalization comes in?
0: I think so. Yeah, I really do and I know I talked about it earlier, but just I think even for men being in touch or being more conscious or aware, or I guess vulnerable is probably the better word.
1: That's a great word.
0: They don't, and I love that word too. But they just don't. It's hard for them to get to that level to be yeah. vulnerable, and they feel like, again, it's been told for you know hundreds of years that vulnerability for men is a weakness, and you don't show weakness, you don't show sadness. You know, you're just you're a rock, you're rock solid. But then to your point, now there's becoming more of a, I think of a balance and alignment with masculine and feminine where people do realize, men and women, that vulnerability is, it's attractive and it's also healthy Mm -hmm. to have that in relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I love that word vulnerability. I don't typically use it, um, but that is the best word to describe what I've experienced in, in working with men when they can have that like moment a vulnerability then it, uh, it allows you know, almost like an inner peace within them to to come up and be able to share more authentically and and move forward ultimately
0: right right and then i i think that's a big challenge that i've seen in the past with working with men and women and i think why i work with women um more regularly than men is just because it takes some time to be able to get to that point where you can feel comfortable to open up um, in that way so yeah. mm-hmm.
1: so like in your daily life what kind of practices do you do to kind of keep yourself balanced
0: yeah that's that's probably <laughs> my favorite question <laughs> because there's there's well it's interesting because you know and to your viewers like they may or may not know and that's what excites me like some people know and then I learn from people and they learn from me but um but so I I try to combine a day in the life of me with what I talked about earlier with mind, body, heart, and soul. And not that I'm deeply soulful or like spiritual, but just what I mean by that is, um, you know, like in the morning, for example, when it comes to like your mind and body, start by maybe journaling. And that could be um, positive affirmations. That could be your thoughts from a lot of people have strong recollections of dreams and other people don't. Um, I tend to not have a strong recollection. but I tell people that I work with too just start with you know a mind exercise of showing gratitude, positive affirmations, uh, write down your top priorities for the day or just thoughts and feelings if you're more creative and want to you know put your thoughts and your head down to paper. Um, so that's a mind exercise. I also start with like a daily um, short workout which I call a micro workout which is like 25, 30 minutes. Nothing like a, a <laughs> is that long is or is that short? 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes of, and it's not like weightlifting or running, but it's it's like, it could be pushups, it could be abs, it could be body weight squats, but it's just like four rounds just to kind of get the blood flow going. And a lot of people, I've said this before, but a lot of people don't realize when you start movement first thing in the morning, A lot of your hormones get released like your dopamine and serotonin which is you know your creative inspiration joy happiness hormones by moving just by moving but then also cortisol which is like the primary fear hormone that we have gets released so we wake up alert having energy and our hormones are like ready to fire all of them the good and the bad so by doing that you're releasing like the fear and anxiety hormone and cortisol but you're also able to you know bring up the positive hormones so That's kind of the mind and body. And then the heart and soul is a combination of, it could be breathing, it could be meditation, it could be a nature walk, depending on your schedule. Um, And so many times people tell me that they don't have time in the morning and I just tell them, well, you gotta wake up earlier then. (laughs)
1: Because if you
0: wake up earlier, you're gonna have time no matter what, and then go to sleep earlier. So that's kind of my morning routine. And I do a routine at night as well, similar to that, but uh, really the first hour is about you and the last hour is really focusing on you. And I teach a lot of things in between about you know, being productive and being focused and getting your best work out of the day uh, for people, business owners, entrepreneurs, but really the morning and the night, it like sets the stage and it ends the stage each and every day. And if you don't have a routine, then that's where uh, you can fall into you know, those patterns of, um, not sabotage, but patterns that aren't gonna align and really give you the right type of energy. And focus right, and, right. and feel productive during your day. It'll just catch up with you.
1: Right. So are you focus and productive every single day.
0: I, you know, <laughs> there's truth. No, no, no. If I was saying yes, then I'm lying, just like anybody. But I think what people don't realize, and I did, I didn't realize for a long time, is like you can't really create more energy, and you can't create more uh, like focus throughout your course of the day. You wake up with a certain amount of energy in your body depending on your habits and your routines so as the day goes on you're like a you're like a cell phone where you start with full (laughs) bars and the more you're like doing like busy work distractions going on apps or like you're live streaming videos on your phone the power goes down so the day for me is all about what can I do to be the most productive while conserving the most energy and that you know requires me to like remove distractions and not have to make a million decisions. So I tell myself and people you know say no more than you say yes. Yeah. To just you know eliminate brain fog, decision fatigue that you have throughout the course of your day. But uh, but every day it's just it's going to be a little bit different. The best you can do, I think, as a human being, is just try to set your day up to have the most energy and to feel the best. And that includes everything with, you know, eating, what you drink and your diets and your exercise and also what, you know what takes place throughout the the majority of your day. So the answer is is no. It's, it's always a work, and I have kids, so it's always a work in progress for me.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, they have too much. Like no matter what, it doesn't even matter. They just could,
1: borrow some energy from just like no sleep,
0: and they're still like ready to fire. And I'm just like I can't do that.
1: <laughs> <sighs> That's great. So I don't know, and wanted to learn more about how you help people with pain and what what you're doing there to help people.
0: Yeah, so that's, um, and thank you for bringing that up. That's relatively, it's not new, I've been working with that as part of coaching for a few months now. But what I've realized is a lot of people outside of just wanting more energy and to have more focus and be more productive throughout the course of their day, uh, they deal with chronic pain. and. I think in America, like the most recent studies or research suggests that one in five people have some form of chronic pain, and that could be arthritis, uh, tendonitis, inflammation, muscle and joint stiffness, fibromyalgia, carpal tunnel. I mean, the list just goes on. Unfortunately, it goes on and on and on, and I've had like my my stepdad has diabetes, and then my biological father a few years ago passed from a heart attack. So yeah, but it's something that I've been close to, but so many people Really do experience it. So, in addition to my coaching, there's now um, a non-invasive uh, heat therapy treatment that uh, I share to my clients as part of a morning routine and nightly routine. And really, what it does is it just helps to microcirculate small blood vessels through a heat therapy um, on your hand or either hand each morning for 15 minutes, and then at night for 15 minutes. Okay. And. What that does is it just creates not just more circulation but more blood flow and more oxygen through your bloodstream so for people that do struggle with pain or they wake up and they just you know their neck hurts or their shoulders hurt or their knees hurt or they have injuries they do that 15 minutes in the morning and at night and it really helps to drive more circulation to their you know, to their bloodstream and then also um, it allows them to have less pain throughout the course of their day, as long as they're consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And
1: the, so, you're saying good results when people are consistent with it.
0: Yeah, and it, just like with anything, it's like a habit that you mm-hmm. form. And I mean, people can do it while reading a newspaper, you know, having coffee, just in, in, you know, in the convenience of their home, just do the treatment. And um, I I use it more as preventative for myself, so that it keeps me from getting pain in the future. But a lot of people unfortunately have experienced the pain and they're just looking for an answer and they've maybe have you know taken prescription drugs or they've you know my dad has shots for like insulin shots for diabetes but there's other things that are out there that you know like this i want to share with people to help them have a more holistic natural approach to um Making change, and it's been great for people who are, you know, older, younger kids as well, like with autism and people with diabetes. So, it's been great, and it's just been something else that I could share um, with my clients and with other people.
1: I love that. So, any last, like, kind of advice for people that, um, kind of, like we talked about, have that feeling that they, they know there's something more for them, whether it's their career, or relationships, maybe, want to become an entrepreneur. Who knows, like. Something within is is looking for something more. What would you say to those people?
0: Yeah, I, I would say that really start either by networking and connecting with people who you know are in alignment with, you know, your goals, your core values, your passions, your desires. Also, I think reading um, is always really effective in in personal development or health and wellness space also. But I feel like connecting with people directly is extremely important, and especially people who you want to aspire to be like, or maybe they're the people that are having more success mm-hmm. in their life. Maybe it's their, they have a great relationship with their kids and their, and their spouse, or maybe it's in work. But I always tell people um, all the time, like who, who's somebody who you admire, or who's like a mentor to you, or who'd you say is someone that you look up to? They'll tell me who it is, and then I go through a process through them throughout the course of the day, and I say, okay, so would that person who you aspire to be like, would they be doing this each day? And would they be doing this? So it, it, it turns into more of like, again, a self audit of if I want to be like this person, would they be, you know, having junk food at this time? Would they be on social media scrolling for two hours, through, you know, to, to distract themselves from life? And, and every time it's no, none of those things. So then it becomes a matter of, okay, now I need to remove this and, and implement new habits into my life to align with not just who I am now, but where I want to be. And that's kind of a, a, a backwards, reverse engineering approach I teach for clients to pick out somebody who they admire and want to be like. And then when you're doing things, habits throughout the course of your day, tell yourself would so and so be doing the same things? And if they're not, yeah, then you take it out.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you, thank being you here so much for sharing everything. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining us on yeah. Beauty
0: and the Mess. Feel free to visit Robin on Instagram at robin underscore Emmerich. and we'll see you next time.